What's going on, everyone? This is James Watkins with the Five Solas Podcast. I hope that you are all doing absolutely phenomenal. So a part of this podcast is that I wanted to cover current issues. Now, we have covered a lot of theological issues so far with a lot of different special guests. So I wanted to do an episode where we kind of go over a, a current issue, one that's been an issue for quite a while. So Because the thing is, is we cannot ignore the things that are happening in the world around us. And I don't intend to do that. So a few months back, I did two episodes back-to-back titled A Modern Holocaust, Part 1 and Part 2. I believe that was in March. That was dealing with the issue of abortion. Now, we received a lot of great encouraging feedback from these episodes, but by no means were those exhaustive apologetics against abortion. I'm sure that most of you are aware by now of the new abortion law that was signed in the state of Alabama. Of course, this has been preceded or proceeded by other states signing heartbeat bills, such as the states of Kentucky, Mississippi, Ohio, and my very own state of Georgia. Alabama, though, has passed the nation's most restrictive abortion law, whereas the other states have signed bills disallowing abortion after a heartbeat is detected. Now, in the short time that I've had the podcast going, I have already made known my view of things. I've made it known that I believe abortion, no matter what the reason is for the procedure, is always murder. Now, in the aftermath of all these new bills and laws, social media has been absolutely lit on fire. Just about every single post that I see on social media right now is regarding abortion in one way or the other. On the left... We are seeing advocates shaming the new bills, calling for them to be overturned, and the reality is as long as Roe v. Wade is in effect, the new abortion law that will take effect in Alabama roughly within the next six months, it may very well be overturned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Now, the conservative side is fist-pumping in celebration. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not a total victory, but it is better, right? Life begins at conception and is not determined by the level of development, but we are starting to see more and more stand up to this modern holocaust. With that said, I have to say that I have been encouraged on social media by the outpouring of support for children that are in the womb. I have been angry at the lack of regard by these image bearers of God in the womb. And even on the conservative side, I've experienced discouragement because of our lack of ability to be able to defend our position intelligently. You know, you read some of these comments from those who are pro-life, and I'm like, did they really just say that? Yeah, that's how I feel whenever I read some of the comments. It's just as shocking as some of the things that are being said by the left. There is a total ignorance wrapped into the comments. So what I have done... I have gone through the book of faces. I have gotten some of the comments from some of these threads, and I want us to look at these comments from a biblical perspective. Now, know this. I do not have a perfect apologetic, but I firmly hold to sola scriptura. Scripture is my final authority on this issue. I don't care what this man says or that man says. I care about what God says. And maybe you were listening to this episode and you agree with some of these comments that I'll be going over. And if that's the case, I hope that you will examine those beliefs in light of the Holy Scriptures. So know that I'm going to be pulling from two specific threads on this topic. 
But before we dive into our first thread, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of Scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Five Souls Podcast. Now, we are about to move into our first thread regarding the abortion ban in Alabama. And I'm just going to jump right into the quotes, okay? Here we go. The first one reads, quote, Abortion bans, like the one passed in Alabama, are a violation of human rights. These bans will be deadly. They will endanger pregnant women's lives. They will re-victimize survivors of rape and sexual violence by denying them their rights. We must not go back. End quote. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Where do you even begin with this? Do you hear the absolute hypocrisy in this post? Well, if not, we're going to break it down line by line, okay? Abortion bans like the one passed in Alabama are a violation of human rights. Now, what about the human rights of the children that are in the womb? How is murdering a child in the womb not a violation of their human rights? Based upon the standard of God... Let's go there. We are all created in the image of God. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God, just like he knew the prophet Jeremiah before he was formed in the womb, knows all of us because he is all-knowing. And not only is he all-knowing, he is the one that intricately weaves together every aspect of life. God tells us in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, that we shall not what? Murder. So that's the standard that we are basing our view on off of. God is the only one who decides who lives and who dies, and it is not our call to murder someone, even the undeveloped babies in the womb, because again, it isn't the size of an individual, the level of development of an individual, the environment of an individual, or the degree of dependency that gives human life value. It's the image in which they are created. Yes, I am saying that creature does not get to act as creator. Now, moving on just a little bit further, it says these bans will be deadly. I think the act of abortion is already pretty deadly. That kind of goes within the definition of abortion, right? The murder of a baby within the womb. They will endanger, as the quote continues going on, they will endanger pregnant people's lives. Okay, let's talk about this. So in this context... It's speaking of the women getting the abortion. I'll be fair here and put my sarcasm to the side for a moment. It says, they will endanger pregnant people's lives. Okay, so let's think logically here. What do they mean by this? I asked this question in the thread, and I never got a response. So two trains of thought that I can come up with here. One, they are speaking of instances where the mother's life is in danger. Therefore, abortion is okay. Okay, for the most part, all these new bills allow for this exception. Even the great Donald Trump, God says, do not murder, but Donald Trump says, I have three exceptions. Rape, incest, where the mother's life is in danger. Okay, well, that's not God's standard, buddy, but okay, whatever. Here we go. All of these bills allow for this exception, though I don't think that they should. Now, 
Don't get me wrong. I understand that there may be some situations where a mother's life may legit be in danger here. I don't know every situation humanly possible. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, so I won't pretend that I do know every situation possible. But even in these situations, should the primary concern be to terminate a life in order to save a life? I've heard doctors in interviews express this, that their primary goal is to treat both the mother and the child with no direct intent to murder the child. Though there are times when this may fail. The intention never be to murder. Healthcare can be provided without purposeful intent to destroy. Now, sometimes based upon the care, this is an unfortunate result that we get that the baby does die. We get that. Now, the second train of thought here is that this person is saying that it will be deadly as a result of women seeking other methods to abort their children. This hasn't been uncommon in history. The mother finds another method to murder the child, drinking chemicals. I heard Whoopi Goldberg talking about she drunk some chemicals one time in order to have an abortion. Fultz, don't do that. That is absolutely idiotic. Uh, people have also gotten procedures done in an unsanitary manner, resulting in infections that could possibly result in death of the mother as well as the child. Again, folks, yeah, don't do that. At some point, common sense has to come into play here. Okay, of course, we don't want this to happen, but this is a result of the idiocy and lack of judgment. There are adoption agencies, agencies to help you through your pregnancy. Doing something like this, jeopardizing not only your baby's health, but yours, is not the fault of lawmakers or bills. If you follow this route, you are the one responsible. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh especially whenever you stand before God. It goes on to say they will re-victimize survivors of rape and sexual violence by denying them their rights. We must not go back. How are the babies in the womb conceived of sexual violence, which rape is, and other instances such as incest not being victimized for the sins of the father or the sins of the family if they're being incestuous. There are two victims here, the victim of the sexual violence and then the victimization of the child in the womb who is then murdered based upon no fault of their own. Now, those conceived in this way are still created in the image of God. And I know the left like to say that this is just us wanting to control women's bodies. No, this is valuing all life and not just being selective in the lives we cherish. Well, are you going to foster or adopt these children? And they say, uh, yeah, I will. Uh, the argument doesn't work with my wife and I. It doesn't work with other Christian families because they are becoming foster parents. They are foster parents. They're adopting or they're in the process of adopting. You know, that's just an idiotic argument to make. Just because people aren't out there adopting doesn't give human life less value. Now, Volts, keep in mind now, this is just the first thread, and we can already see the absurdity behind the train of thought here. It is a very selfish ideology. And I think in this next thread that we are going to be going into, we're going to expose that a little bit more. And, you know, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking, about, as we're going through these threads, right, I'm just sitting here thinking how unfortunate it is that we even have to address these kinds of topics. But, you know, all it does is further validate God's word. And all it does is testify to the fact that we are living in an absolutely fallen world and we are all desperately in need of a savior. Moving on to our second social media threat. So this is one that just happened to pop up on my newsfeed. It's an article posted that is quoting Hollywood actor Stephen Baldwin. 
He evidently professes to be a Christian. I don't know much about him at all. I've never seen any of his movies, so I'm not going to make a judgment upon that. But the article is an interview with him regarding the topic of abortion. And what we are going to be doing is breaking down some of the comments on the thread. But the quote from Stephen Baldwin says, quote, The Bible is very clear. The word never changes. You can't be pro-choice and call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. Doesn't go together. It's a simple, common-sense fact. End quote. Now, before we move into any of the comments, let me first respond to his quote. I agree and I disagree. God's word never changes. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I absolutely agree. You can't be pro-choice, from his quote, you can't be pro-choice and call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is nuance for me. I agree that it is highly incompatible, it's inconsistent to call yourself a follower of Christ, yet be for the destruction of image bearers of God in the womb. I get it. However, I will not say that it is impossible for someone to hold to this out of ignorance or an immature faith. Now, what do I mean by that before the firing squad comes out for me? Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Most of the listeners here will agree with that. I know that when I was a new believer, I was still very, very liberal. I was coming from an atheistic worldview. I was still very liberal. I was pro-choice. However, as I got into the scriptures more and more, my views began to shift. They began to change. I moved from being pro-choice to being pro-choice, but agreeing with abortion in the instances of mother's life being in danger, rape, and incest. Then as I grew more and more, I came to the conclusion that it is never okay. The point is, is that my ignorance was not the determining factor in my salvation, but my faith alone in Christ alone. Now, if you have someone advocating for years the killing of babies in the womb while carrying the banner of Christianity, okay, you probably have a legit argument. God doesn't regenerate in time, however, based upon our political affiliation or theological stances. Because let's be honest, whenever we were all first saved, none of us had a, had an understanding of the Trinity. We didn't know what the Trinity was. As a matter of fact, whenever someone first explained it to me, I was like, no, bro, that, there's no way that that's right. But I think growth or change of mind about the things in opposition to God are indicative of who we have placed our faith in. And I'm not speaking of gaining assurance that's based on our morality or keeping the commandments. Our assurance comes from sola fide, faith alone. But I also know that self-examination is a call in the scriptures. Now, what I want to do is I want to move into some of the comments that are on the thread here. And we are going to move into our first comment right after this quick break. Hey, I'm Daryl, and I'm here with my wife, Karen. What's up? And we're the host of the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast. The podcast that seeks to answer the question that we all asked, what are we even doing here? We cover topics such as marriage, family, life, and living a Christian life in this crazy world. We don't have all the answers, but we know where to look. Subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud as we seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Five Souls Podcast. This is James. We're still here speaking on these threads uh, that are based upon the abortion law that passed in Alabama. We've already went over one, and now we're moving into one that are comments on a comment that Stephen Baldwin, a Hollywood actor, made. 
And I want us to move right into it. The first one, the first comment that I ran upon in response to Stephen Baldwin's quote reads this, quote, That sounds super religious. People love to come up with different ways to judge, but God made it very clear he was in favor of free will. Even though he doesn't love our decisions and my plan isn't better than God's. I am a Christian, and while abortion isn't for me, I support women being able to make that decision for themselves. End quote. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We come up with a different way to judge, huh? Are you judging that others are judging? If so, you have just come up with a way to judge. This would be, by definition, a hypocrite. God made it clear that he was in favor of free will. Okay, here we go. This is the ignorance that is within the church. The idea of libertarian free will is the presupposition of most, most within the church. God is in favor of free will. Um, the two that had true free will fell in the Garden of Eden. Now, we are all fallen in Adam. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. And this idea of free will is really and truly a pagan concept. According to God, just looking at Romans chapter 6 alone, we are all slaves. We are either enslaved to sin as natural fallen people, or we are slaves to righteousness as born-again believers who have placed their faith alone in Christ alone. The will is free in so much to do what is within our nature to do. So it's a matter of what are you a slave to? If you're listening to this podcast, please consider that question. Now, this person goes on to say that while abortion isn't for me, I support women being able to make the decision for themselves. Didn't she just say earlier in the comment and her flawed theological system that God doesn't love our decisions? If you say abortion isn't for you, okay, here's the thing. If you say abortion isn't for you, there's a conviction there. In your mind, it is wrong to some degree. You know it's wrong because it's written on your what? Heart. But if God doesn't love this decision, why would you advocate claiming the banner of Christianity? Why would you advocate for women to have the choice to do what God hates? This is either ignorance or someone who is not born again. And I will not make judgment upon her salvation, but man, is this argumentation super flawed. The next comment I'm pretty excited about because it allows me to hit up that presup. Yeah, I love presuppositional apologetics. So let's move into the quote. Quote, I'm not religious, even though I was raised in the church, but I have always been anti-abortion. And that has nothing to do with a biblical standpoint. It is simple science and clear morals and ethics, as well as a respect for humanity and the humane treatment of individuals who have been created by no choice or fault of their own and who have no voice. And I don't think you have to be a Christian to possess those. Okay, so this person is showing the image of God at every single turn. Uh, you are anti-abortion, but it has nothing to do with a biblical standpoint. Well, here's the thing. Without the God of the scriptures, you cannot account for the morality and ethics that you are imposing here. We as believers know, based upon the revelation of God, that we are all created in the image of God. God is creator. Child in the womb is the created. It is wrong to murder. Poor God. And this person commenting is showing that this is written on their heart. They aren't suppressing the truth of what's written on their heart, but they are suppressing in unrighteousness the creator who wrote it upon their heart. You have no standard without the God of the Bible to judge abortion to be wrong unless you start with God. Anything else is just absolute, utter absurdity. Precept for the win on that one. Next quote. I was raised Catholic and yes, went to church and I am pro-choice. Go figure. 
No one has the right to tell me what is good or not good for me. End quote. I was raised Catholic, and yes, went to church and I'm pro-choice. Go figure. Yep, go figure. The Catholic Church and their Antichrist Pope are getting more and more liberal. I mean, do you want a cookie for going to church? Is that is that the reason why you're throwing that up? That in no way holds any weight whatsoever, but they say it in a way like it does, right? We hear it all the time whenever we're evangelizing someone. Well, I used to go to church. Okay, what, what does that mean? No one has the right to tell me what is good or not good for me. I bet you this person is not consistent with that standard. If someone were to take their purse, stealing the money within, I bet she wouldn't say, hey, go ahead. I don't have the right to tell you what is good or not good for you. The inconsistency is so unreal within the comments. Now, the next quote, this is a pretty common one. Quote, I don't support abortion, but I support women. Hate the sin, love the sinner. End quote. You don't support abortion, but you support women. Okay, what does that mean? Do you then support abortion? You just said that you didn't. I support women too. Even the ones in the womb that do not have a voice. Now, the next line is something that we hear all the time. And we even hear professing Christians say this. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Now, we should love others. Loving the sinner does not mean that we support something that is against God. We also hear this in regards to God. God hates the sin but loves the sinner. I don't think Scripture is in line with this. Psalm chapter 5, verse 5 says, God hates all who do iniquity. If this were true, if God hated the sin and loved the sinner then universalism would have to be true. If this were true, God would not be just as he is not punishing sin. If this were true, God would not be righteous. This is at the root of why Christ had to come. It is at the root of the fact that we have a mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. Moving on to the next comment. Quote, this is idiotic. I'm pro-life, but the only requirement for being a Christian is loving and living like Jesus, end quote. And you know that John MacArthur meme where he's, I guess he's on Larry King Live. He's kind of got his head tucked down a little bit, looking over his glasses and he's like, what? He's almost on the right track here, but not really. His view of what it means to be a Christian is tied up to the law. To be a Christian, you must love and live like Jesus. Well, Jesus loved perfectly. We can't, don't do that. Christ lived perfectly. We can't don't do that either. Rather, to be a Christian, God must change your heart and you must place your faith alone in Christ alone. This person's comment is Romanism at its finest. Love good and do good and the scales will tip in your favor, I guess. That sounds very much like Islam. And what do we say about that? Exactly. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, scripture alone, glory to God alone. And here is my favorite one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one comment on a thread that I actually responded to. And this is a typical argument that we get on the pro-life side. And quote, men need to shut the hell up about this topic. They don't know what they are talking about. They know nothing about women's health care and certainly not about birth control, which will be affected by these new bills. End quote. I love it when people use the genetic fallacy, and that's what this is. This is a genetic fallacy. What they're saying here, men need to shut up about this topic. My response, um, why are you assuming my gender? If I identify as a woman until the end of my statement, does that then make my statement valid? I mean, that's the absurdity with the left. Don't assign gender to someone, but they sit here and assign gender to people. They tell men that we don't have, uh, that we shouldn't have an opinion on the subject. Men don't know about women's health care. Well, 
that sucks considering many men are in this area of healthcare, including my wife's doctor, who was very respected in his field, but I guess he doesn't know anything. And get this, men don't know about birth control. Listen, I know more than a lot of ladies given the issues with my wife and I have had with trying to conceive. I also know that condoms are a valid form of birth control, which men, by the way, practice safe sex. Better yet, practice biblical sex. Sex that is only within the confines of marriage, and we wouldn't be having this discussion. And I have seen absolutely nothing in any of these bills that uh, that says that these bills will take away birth control. So I don't know what she's talking about here. So who, who doesn't know what they're talking about here? People, bottom line. You do not have to have a vagina in order to know that murder is wrong. It's revealed to us within the word of God. It's written upon our hearts. And folks, please understand, there were so many more comments on this thread that I could read. Some repetitive, some that would make you scratch your head for hours on end in confusion. But bottom line is this. We need to preach the gospel. Abortion, the reality of abortion, is a result of sin. It's a result of the fall of man, a result of fallenness. And the only cure is found in Christ, who lived perfectly, who suffered and died upon the cross, paying the debt we as sinners owe to God. It's found in this Christ, who conquered sin and death when he rose from the dead on the third day. And salvation, contrary to what many of these comments say, is only by faith alone in this Christ alone. Well, folks, that is going to wrap things up for us this week. I thank you so much for listening. So do me a favor. Be sure to like our Facebook page, The Five Souls Podcast. Go like our new ministry page, Five Souls Ministry. And did you disagree with me on this topic? Post in the group and let's talk about it because this is quite simply too important of a topic for us to remain silent. So coming up next week... I am starting a new series with the good Reverend Almost Dr. Frank Mullis. We are discussing some theological greats and some theological not so greats. The first one that we are going to be discussing is going to be George Whitfield, moving into Jonathan Edwards, moving into John Wesley, and then finally we will end with Charles Finney. It's going to be very, very interesting, and I am so looking forward to it. But ladies and gentlemen, this is James with the Five Solas Podcast. Thank you for listening, and may all that you do be done to the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.